Hi, I'm Jason Ramston, and I believe we can all work on leading a more positive and intentional life. And this show details my journey by sharing my learning, stories, and conversations with guests. If you want to lead a more intentional life focused on being the best you possible, please subscribe today. Now, let's get into today's episode. Are you playing the blame game? Today's episode on blame is not for the faint of heart. If you aren't ready to face how and why you use blame in your life, then I suggest perhaps you move on to another episode of this show or choose a different podcast for today. If you're ready to learn how the blame game can affect your relationships at home and work, then stick around as we take a powerful look inside ourselves. Admittingly, today's show was a hard show to research. If I'm going to continue to share my own journey, I'm going to have to peel back layers into my own life in an effort to help you perhaps grow and become a better person. And the truth is, this is a tough topic. It's a tough topic for anyone. But I truly believe when you're ready to dive into discovering why we blame others, how we go about blaming others, why we blame ourselves, then I do believe we'll come out of it a much better person. For the purpose of today's episode, I'd like us to focus on blame as a word. Blame as a word can be either a verb in which you assign responsibility for a fault or a wrong, or it can be a noun in which responsibility for a fault or a, or a wrong is something that is inward. So to me, blame is both an external focus and also an internal focus. As we look at blame from an external purpose, where we're going to blame somebody else, I'll share a little story. Uh, when I was a child, when I was growing up, I've got a brother who's uh, four years younger than I. And when we were little, I think my brother was maybe three or four. And so I was seven or eight. And uh, we had just gotten our, our dog, Casey, a big old basset hound uh, with a deep old howl that would get you going. But uh, at one point, uh, the dog is kind of whimpering, uh, making some noise, and, and we're in the kitchen. And um, my mom said to my brother, well, what happened to the dog? And my brother said, I didn't pinch him. And I laugh every time I think about that story because it's a perfect example of blame and how we go about it. So here he is, the three or four-year-old brother, doesn't necessarily know to say, I don't know, just admittedly said, I did it without saying I did it by saying, I didn't pinch him. But how does blame transpire once we get to be an adult? What does that look like? Or even as a, as a teenager or a teen or a teen or a tween, you know, we're in school and we forget our homework and we often come up with excuses for why it wasn't done. Perhaps it was, you know, my parents didn't give me time. My parents punished me. I didn't have enough time. I left my book at home. I forgot my book. Whatever the case may be, there's plenty of reasons that people play the blame game and often blame someone else for not being able to get a task done. But when misfortune comes your way, what's your very first thought? Do you quickly go to figure out, was it my fault? Was it somebody else's fault? Was it the situation that we were in that was to blame? Or do we start to sit down and really take responsibility for actions? And that's a tough topic. It's really, I think it's really difficult for for most human beings at first blush to be like, you know what? I did it. I screwed up. I messed up. Because it's hard to take responsibility that way right out of the gate. 
And blame is quite an interesting concept because it does have two sides to it. There are some people who never take responsibility for their actions ever. They always find somebody else or something else to blame for what may or may happened in their life. And then on the other side, you have people who always take responsibility and always blame themselves for what may have happened to them. So for people who always blame somebody else, something goes wrong with dinner, it's because you assigned a task to somebody else and they didn't complete it correctly. For somebody who always takes the blame, then they may be saying to themselves, I got distracted, it was on me, I wasn't paying attention, and the food burned. So why do we use blame as a tool? Well, in an article that I was reading in Psychology Today, they outlined five reasons why people typically use blame as a tactic. They say, blame is an excellent defense mechanism. Agree with that 100%. You can call it denial, displacement, rejection. It's something to kind of preserve your self-esteem, perhaps, where you say, you know what, I made a mistake, but I don't want to admit I made a mistake because as soon as I admit a mistake... I admit that I'm a, I'm a human and I do make mistakes and that failure is part of the process. Blame is also a tool that gets used a lot when we're in attack mode. We get defensive. Okay, step one, blame is an excellent defense mechanism. Step two, blame is a tool we use when we're in attack mode. Somebody's coming after us, they're blaming us for something, and then we deflect, defer, or try and put it on someone else or something else. I didn't have the information. No one told me. I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't informed. It wasn't me. And what it comes down to is that it is so much easier to blame someone else than it is for us to accept responsibility for our own actions. And I think part of that as well is that people, humans, they lie. Everybody lies. It's pretty easy to kind of just fall into the blame game by, by telling a fib, by, by lying about what actually took place. What I think, though, is that people don't realize the more that you play the blame game, the more you actually lose, the more your life becomes a falsity, I think. And also, the, the less chance you have to grow, to grow as a person, to become a better person, the, the more that you blame others for actions that are things that you do, I think it lessens your place in this world. I even saw that today recently at work where we were having a discussion about how information is shared in our organization and uh, somebody asks a question, well, how is that possible? And I said, well, we weren't able to complete the task because no one told us that there was a change in this information. And here I am you know, being transparent on this podcast, giving you an example from my life from today to let you know that we all are all human. We're human to a fault, if you will. And I share it to let you know that this podcast is a reflection tool for me as well. As a leader in an organization, I need to be able to admit when I'm wrong, admit when something isn't going right. So I started thinking about that a little bit today to say, why did I have that answer? It shouldn't have been, we didn't get the information. I think reflectively, the question should be, why aren't we proactively looking for that information when we know these types of changes in data occur? So that's the thought that I want to have for you right now 
is what is holding you back from making a change so that you are more proactive in your life about not placing blame on others so you can take more responsibility for how you're going to attack blame in your life. How are you going to change that? What is that going to look like? And we'll dive into a couple of steps that you can take to transform that in your lives in just a minute. So stick around. Before we get into how we can go about stopping blame in our lives and then fix the blame game, I just want to remind us that you know, oftentimes blame is associated with work life, but blame can also be in personal life as well. You may think of it as, oh, well, in organizations, there's projects to be done. There's things that need to take place. That's true in our, in our home lives as well, in our personal lives, in our interactions with people in general. So even though I gave an example from my work life, and it was a broad one, I understand that, but I'm pretty certain that we all understand when we're playing the blame game. We know when we're deflecting. We know when we're trying not to have our egos hurt, when we're working really hard not to feel shame about something that we did or didn't do or said or didn't say in the course of a day or our actions towards others. So the minute that you start to feel the blame or the shame of blame coming on, one of the first things you can do is actually just t- take a step back, like elevate yourself up from the situation and realize, all right, I got to dial down my emotions. I got to take those down a little bit. I have to get perspective on what's going on. And it once you do that, it's it's easier to de-escalate what may take place, especially if you start to imagine the conversation that's going to take place with your partner, with your boss, with a colleague, you know when something has not gone right. You know it in advance. So put yourself in the situation, re- remove yourself and look down upon it and say, all right, how is this going to play out? What's the worst case scenario here if I were to accept responsibility right out the gate? And part of that is it's, it, it's putting the issue into words. Like what took place? Go ahead and find somebody. Talk to a friend outside of work. Talk to a partner or a spouse if it is at work, a close friend if it is dealing with somebody at home, somebody that you can trust to have a conversation around how do I how do I move forward in this? How do I gain perspective? What allows me to make a good response here and and own up to the actions that took place? And you're gonna do this in an effort not to fix what transpired. You can't fix it, right? So if you had an issue where you did something wrong or something at work didn't go right, you're not going to be able to fix that in the moment. But you do have the ability to repair the relationship moving forward. You have the option to go ahead and unlock a door to the future that may allow you to have a better relationship with whomever the issue might be taking place. And I say that because typically when you're going back and looking backwards in time, you're, you're going to start to lay blame. You're going to say, well, it wasn't my fault or this took place. I, I might not have had all the information. I acted too quickly. And instead, you're going to focus on what's coming up. Like, what it, what is the future here if I take responsibility for my actions? So how do you know when the blame game is beginning? Or what are the actions that take place? I think the first is finger pointing. We definitely know that we're going to say, Something along the lines of, well, I wasn't able to finish this project because Peter didn't give me the information, the numbers, the facts, the figures, whatever it may be, three days ago when I needed them. 
the truth is, perhaps you forgot to approach Peter, or you should have approached Peter and asked for them rather than taking the passive action of waiting until it was too late. And when you're not being proactive and you're being passive in that situation, the next step is denial. You're going to say, well, that's not on me. It's not my fault that Peter didn't give me the information. And third is negativity. We're going to constantly try and find somebody else to be at fault for what took place. And we're fixated on that. We're fixated on saying, no, it wasn't me. It's not on me. And this is true in our personal lives as well. It's just not at work. So in our personal lives, I'm not perfect. I get that. I have issues at home just like everybody else. But I think what works well is that I am very quick to apologize, very quick to take ownership and say, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. That's on me. That's on me to, to be proactive about that. And it's not an easy thing to do. I get that. I've been married for going on 26 years, and it's taken a long time to realize that my actions are just as important as my reactions to situations. Actually, my reactions are more important. So the quicker that I can say that I'm sorry, that I can put things in place to move forward, then I think the better the relationship becomes because there's a trust. There is a knowledge that, yes, we are going to make mistakes as a couple, But if we're quick to say sorry to one another, then I think that repairs quickly. It allows for us to move forward in our relationship and understand that we're human and we do make mistakes. At work, it's a little bit more difficult, especially if we're trying to climb a ladder or be really aggressive in our work towards becoming a better leader or trying to move forward, it's it's harder to take blame and say that, nope, that's on me. Um, I screwed up. But I'll tell you, those leaders who do those sorts of things or those people in the workplace that do those sorts of things actually get more respect from their from their colleagues because their colleagues see them as somebody who's willing to say, you know what, I screwed up. And here's how I screwed up. And here's how I'm going to make it better the next time. And I think that's all really people want to know. They want to know that you recognize that you do make mistakes and that you're open and honest about trying to fix them and to move forward with the relationship at hand. So what steps can we take to kind of take responsibility for our lives to remove the blame game, to remove the shame of not moving forward with being a better person around these situations. I think there's just a couple of steps uh, that we can do. First is apologize when you're wrong and accept the fact that you're not always right. I think that's the harder part. Sometimes people see it's easier to apologize, but it's a two-step process. You have to apologize and you have to accept the fact that you are not always right. You're not always right. Two, you have to admit when you've made a mistake, be the bigger person. Be the one who goes forward and says, you know what? I did screw up. And in that process, you learn to forgive and to let go. And so does the other person with whom you're working, whether that's your partner at home, your spouse, somebody at work, they learn to forgive and let go as well when you're open and transparent in that way. You have to be open to the ideas and opinions of others. You can't be closed-minded. Your viewpoint is not the only valid viewpoint if you take information from all sides. And this is this is important anywhere. It doesn't matter if you're at work or at home. 
you have to be open that somebody else may have an opinion or idea that is different from yours that actually could be better than yours. Next, think about trying to identify the things in your life that you're not happy about and then do something to change them. If you have something that's nagging at you, that's not working, that's keeping you from meeting your goals, that is not sitting well with you, then identify those and do something about them. If you don't, that's when blame comes in even more. If we're not making progress in our lives, we want to blame somebody else when it's really on ourselves. I also think that it's important to practice saying, I am responsible for my actions. I am responsible for my actions. And keep doing that until you start to believe that it's true, because it is true. Until you admit that you're responsible for your actions, you will continue to play the blame game. I also think you have to, and this is everything that I'm about, right? This is what this podcast is about, is is is, is positivity on fire, is that you have to adopt a positive outlook on life. You have to be the the glass is half full as opposed to the glass is half empty kind of person. And when you start to do that, I think the next step is you you really start to recognize and embrace your own shortcomings. But more importantly, when you realize that you're not perfect and that you can ask for help, I think that really sets you up for success. And I know recently, a couple of months ago, I was in a partnership uh, with somebody trying to build a business. And because of COVID and issues that were happening along the way, I couldn't focus on the business as much as I needed to. And I knew that was on me, um, but it took a little while for me to recognize that. And over the course of the conversation, I admitted to my partner in that relationship that um, I have trouble asking for help. I know that about myself. And when we were talking about ending the partnership at some point in time, that's what my partner pointed to. They said, you and I need to be partners. And in order to do that successfully, you have to say when you need help, when you can't follow through with a task, because there are other factors in your life that are stopping you from doing that or are holding you up from meeting that. And I've thought a lot about that over the last six months or so. And I realize now that that has been a part of my whole life is that I do have trouble asking for help. I want to get things done and I want to take care of them well, but sometimes life gets in the way. And when they do, I struggle with that concept. Now I've made progress with that over the last six months because this person had the, I don't know, the courage to say to me, Hey Jay, listen, this isn't working out and here's why. And I think if more of us take the time to not blame somebody and just say, this isn't working, I'm done and be open and transparent about why something is not working then I think the better we would all be. And I love the fact that they were open and honest with me. It says a lot about them as a person. And I think that openness now has allowed me to be better equipped to deal with any potential problems that I may have in the future around this. And I'm not going to blame myself anymore. I'm actually going to reach out and ask for assistance when I need it or to ask a colleague to take on a task when I have too much on my plate. Because that's how teams work better together. And the same is true at home. If you can't complete a task for your spouse or you can't check something off the honeydew list, then let them know. Give them, a, give them a heads up or give them information as to why this has been a difficult task. And if need be, call in assistance for help. 
I think the most important part in all of this is you have to learn from your mistakes. You have to identify where there were breakdowns in communication, where there may have been opportunities for growth, where there may be opportunities for you to look inside yourself to say, here's how I can correct this behavior. Here's how I can get better at that. And here's how I can stop putting blame on others and look inward into my own life, uh, into my own actions and say, this is how I'm going to be a better person moving forward. And because this this topic is such a weighty topic, I would love to further the conversation with you. If you go over to facebook.com slash positivity on fire, that's the show site on Facebook. I'd love to engage with you there. Come on over. Let's have a conversation. Um, I'll put a post up that will be able to guide you around this topic with one of the articles that'll be in the show notes from today's episode. But I really think it's important in this topic in particular. So it's, it is such a hard one for us to have open and transparent conversations around him in order to become a better person in our personal lives and in our professional lives. And in closing today, thank you for being here. I've said it every single time, but your gift of time listening to this show does mean the world to me. It's the greatest gift you can give. So thank you. And always remember, be well, be happy, be you. And until the next time, May your quest for positivity begin today. If you like today's episode, please go to podchaser.com, search for Positivity on Fire, and leave a five-star rating and review. For more on my positivity quest, follow me at positively underscore J on Instagram or TikTok, or engage with the show by visiting direct.me slash Jason Ramston. Have an amazing day.